Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Oh, what's good, everybody? How about we start that over again? What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge, your sports betting brand of record. I am the coach, just trying to keep this train on said track every single day. If you're new to our brand, welcome. This is our week 10. It's hard to believe. Week 10 NFL mega preview. You might ask, why do we do this on Tuesdays? Because the NFL is the only league in the world where numbers move every single day. And when I have the crew that I have, you want to get ahead of the number. You want to get ahead of the game. You want to get ahead of Thursday night. So with all that being said, let's bring in the stars of the show. Two of my absolute very best. They run everything NFL at Sportsline. The stoic one, R.J. White. The maestro, Larry Hartstein. Gentlemen, we've got a lot to get to today, so let's jump right in. Four teams on a bye this week. The Chiefs, the Rams, thank goodness, the Dolphins, and the Eagles, the number one current seed in the NFC. So we're going to start with Thursday night. And before we get all negative in the chat, yes, we know the game on paper stinks. It's the Panthers. It's the Bears. It's three and a half, the total 39. Maestro, I'm going to start with you because you do actually like one of the sides, and I actually agree with you. Which one is it? It's an NFL game, so it is something worth watching. And I'm going to lay the points with the Bears as hard as that sounds. Justin Fields could be back. Limited practice both today and yesterday. And you look at this Bears team, five turnovers, and they only lost by a touchdown at New Orleans. The Panthers offense the last two weeks, less than four yards of play against the Colts and the Texans. And aside from Bryce Young's horrific interceptions, guys are just not getting open on that offense. That team, I know I think thought they were about to build something it's not happening and now it's a short week so I don't think they're gonna be able to change a lot before they go into Chicago but really the injury report is what has me on the Bears you look at uh, Jaquan Brisker the safety should be back for the Bears Eddie Jackson no issues in his return Carolina will not have top pass rusher Brian Burns starting corner CJ Henderson and starting safety Xavier Woods all those three guys I do not expect to play Burns has already been ruled out so just a devastating blow for a defense that actually played well against the Colts, held them to under 200 yards, but just constantly put in bad positions by their offense. And what about DJ Moore? This is a DJ Moore revenge game. One other note on this, the Bears own the Panthers' first pick in next year's draft, so they want to send the Panthers to another loss and get that top-rated quarterback. All of that incredible information, RJ, really makes me lean towards the Bears now. How are you looking at this game? It's hard to love either team. I expect improvement from the Carolina offense as well has not come yet. The pick sixes from Young were brutal. Otherwise, it was a pretty sloppy, even game that that both teams, you know, played poorly offensively. It's encouraging that Carolina's defense, much maligned defense, even with their injuries, helped Indy's offense to 3.45 yards per play. But they are going to be beat up for this game. Chicago's offense showed they were able to move the ball against New Orleans. The awful turnover sunk them. So this might be a turnover fest. Whoever has the worst turn- turnovers loses the game here. Um, you know, it, at three and a half if it is Tyson Bajan like I would have trouble playing three and a half with Tyson Bajan against the number one overall pick Bryce Young no matter how bad that offense has looked if Fields is back 
that line could get up to five and a half and six. And even then it might be too much knowing how these teams are playing often. So right now with the indice in uncertainty at quarterback for Chicago, I would lean Carolina because I think it will be Bajan. But, uh, you know, I have to see who the quarterbacks are going to be before I play this game. All right. And of course, we'll be live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday night with primetime early edge to figure out where the line is then and what things we can play in said game. All right. Let's move to Germany now. And last week, guys, the Chiefs jumped out to a 21 nothing lead. Couldn't score again. Still managed to beat the Dolphins 21-14. There's so many different theories on these international games. But here is the one we have this week. The Colts laying one. Patriots, they've just stunk. They have just stunk the last several weeks. 43 and a half is the total. So, RJ, I'm starting with you. I don't know how you look at these international games, but right now the Colts have been the side that have been scoring, but I don't know what to do on this one. Talk to me. Yeah, the look ahead was New England minus one. So um, it's moved two points. But my opinion on these teams really hasn't changed. I like Washington to beat New England last week, and they did. It was an embarrassing loss for New England. The offense did average 5.2 yards per play, despite all the injuries they have at receiver, trying to figure out the receiver depth chart at this point. Their defense is second in yards per rush, and and that's where the Colts have had success with Jonathan Taylor now back in the lineup. And I think putting the game on Minshew's arm is ideal if you're the Patriots. You want him to throw the ball over the place and give you the ball back a few times. Indy's offense, like we just said, had 3.5 yards per play. Not like they're playing well offensively. That's very bad against that Carolina defense. Catching points with either team's ideal here, now that it's at one you know it's basically just who do you think is going to win I, I disagree with the look, the move off the look ahead I don't see why this line would flip ahead to make New England the underdog so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean to New England but I think the line's about where it should be so Mac Jones did what Mac Jones tends to do he got his team almost back into it maestro and then ends the game throwing a pick to the commander's defense I think that's where people see this Patriots team now I could be wrong what do you see I feel for the guy because he put the ball right in Juju Smith-Schuster's hands. They were at the Washington 41, down three. It would have been about a 10-yard completion. Goes right through his hands, picked off, game over. But still, four drives down, a field goal against a terrible commander's defense, and you can't even tie the game at home. That is super embarrassing. I mean, the Patriots are 2-7. and seven. All the talk is when will Belichick uh, get fired? Who's going to replace him? The Colts definitely have a better mojo. In terms of point differential, the Patriots have been outscored by almost 100 points this season. The Colts pretty much dead even right now. I would favor, to me, it's going to be Colts or pass. I don't know why these marriages always end this way, but you're right. Bill Belichick, hopefully they sit him down and just say, listen, just resign. You're over 70 years old, and let's make this a good thing because this has the makings of an ugly, ugly divorce, and it shouldn't have to be. It shouldn't be that way. All right, now let's move to the 1 o'clock games on Sunday. And, guys, and I'm, RJ, I'm going to start with you. This could be the game of the week. The Texans were incredible. C.J. Stroud, 470 yards, an incredible 70-plus yard drive in 46 seconds to win the game on Sunday. But they're traveling to Cincinnati. The Bengals just beat your Bills, RJ, and they're favored by six and a half, the total 48. That according, of course, to Bet MGM. Which side do you like? Yeah, my best bet is Cincinnati minus six and a half. You can't overstate how good CJ Stroud performed against the Bucs. Just an incredible game, eight yards per play, even though they still don't have any run game. They're now third in yards per pass on the season. Have played a lot of shaky teams on that stretch. We know they played in the AFC South. Cincy's defense is 31st in yards per play, so you would think this is a great matchup for them to exploit. But this is another situation where the Bills' offense is very, very good on, on their their um, their stats on the whole season. You look at them the last few weeks, they're not great. Um, or the defense, I should say. And I think that's similar to Cincy, but flipped the other way around. They've held projected playoff teams under 20 points in their last three. They're actually playing pretty good defensively now that they have their quarterback back to full strength and they feel like they are marching full steam ahead to a playoff spot here. Houston's defense much better against the run. I don't know if they could stop Joe Burrow with how well he's playing right now. You have to worry about the backdoor cover with C.J. Stroud looking as good as he does, but I think this line should be Cincy minus eight. That's why I have my six and a half as a best bet. I think this line should be going the other way. It was seven and a half on the look ahead, and I think we're overreacting a little bit to that Houston performance. I saw something on Sportsline on social media today, guys, and it was basically it all it would always have to fall exactly the right way, but there is a very real possibility, Larry, that all four teams in the AFC North could make the playoffs. It'd be the first time in the history. Now everything would have to fall correctly, but it's a possibility because every team is at least five and three in this division, and the Bengals with the Ravens have looked sensational the last two weeks. 
Yeah, clearly the best team, the best division in football. The Bengals are back. That was a very good performance. But I'm not sold that their defense is 100% fixed, like RJ says. I think they will continue to get better because they have such a brilliant defensive coordinator. But on the back end with those safeties, I think they're still vulnerable. And I love the way the Texans just decided, you know what? C.J. Stroud is our guy. We're going to throw the ball. We're not going to stop. We're not going to just keep running the ball. That's not been very efficient for them. And the results were amazing. So I'm going to look at the over here in this game because I definitely think the Texans have no shot to stop Joe Burrow in that offense, especially at home. But I think C.J. Stroud will get it done again. Not 500 yards, not five touchdowns, but maybe 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and this goes over the total. I love that look. That's exactly where I was going to. I can see 35-21. I can see 35-28, something like that. But I love bringing that total into play. All right. Game number two, 1 o'clock on Sunday. The Saints starting to play good football. And I know they're not playing really good teams, but they're winning. Now they're traveling to Minnesota. This might be the story of last week. Josh Dobbs didn't play one down in practice with the starters. Didn't throw one pass to any of them. Comes in and combined three touchdowns. One on the ground, two in the air. Amazing. And RJ, you like one side of this for a teaser. Which side? Yeah, we're teasing the Vikings up to plus eight and a half. I would disagree with you that New Orleans is playing great football. They had trouble putting away Chicago despite a plus five tournament. I didn't say great. Uh, Okay, okay. I I disagree that they're playing good football. I I wouldn't call them playing mediocre football. I mean, they had a plus five turnover margin against Chicago, one by seven. Uh, They spent the entire fourth quarter in Chicago territory, scored just seven points. I mean, that's like Jets level of futility there. Um, And they just happen to be so fortunate with their field position and how much Chicago gave the ball away to them. They had one drive over 45 yards in that game against a, a bad defense that just got annihilated by the Chargers the week before. Minnesota's defense held Atlanta under 40 yards on 11 of their 13 drives, even though they gave up 5.5 yards per play, they are able to keep you know them out of the the, the red zone and, and keep their points down, and then let Josh Dobbs go crazy. And it was incredible what he did with no preparation. And their offense now has life the rest of the year because of what Josh Dobbs did in that game. I understand why New Orleans is favored coming off of that win, and with Minnesota playing a quarterback that's been in the building for at the at the time this game is played 12, 13 days, but he's done that. This is now the third time he's done that in, in the over the course of a calendar year. First with Tennessee, then with Arizona, and he already showed what he can do with a much better surrounding cast now than he had on either of those two stops. I think the Vikings were going to win this game. I, don't, I disagree with this line, but at two and a half, it just makes all the sense in the world to tease Minnesota up to plus eight and a half. So it's the first leg of my teaser here. It always hurts, Larry, when I get scolded by RJ live on the show. It just hurts. It's it's valid, but it hurts. I'll be honest with you. All right, Mice, well, let me come over to you because a lot of incredible nuggets right there and Josh Dobbs is maybe the only quarterback in the league that can adjust that way because he's had to do it so many different times so I know you don't have a best bet here but are the Vikings should they be the underdog against the Saints team that admittedly maybe not playing as well as I think they are Rightfully, they should be the underdog. What Josh Dobbs did is simply incredible. No turnovers at all. Uh, and to come in and lead that team, uh, you know, might have cost Arthur Smith or put Arthur Smith on the verge of getting fired if they lose this game at Arizona. The Falcons blowing that lead, an eight-point lead late in the game to these Vikings. They had no business doing that at home. Uh, I just think the Saints are the better team. They're more talented. And, and we saw the Josh Dobbs magic start to run out a little bit in Arizona uh, with admittedly a worse cast around him. But this is not a great Vikings offense that he is surrounded by. They can't run the ball at all. So I'm going to lean towards the Saints. All right. So leaning towards the Saints for the side. RJ has the Vikings in a teaser update and a half. We'll have the other side of his teaser coming up later in the show. Plenty more games to get to. If you're just dropping in right now, this is the week 10 NFL mega preview for the early edge. But right now, Let's hear from one of our incredible partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh, when college basketball and NBA start right in the middle of the NFL season, this is our bread and butter. This is where we live, gentlemen. Now, next game. This is very, very fascinating. Packers really looked good last week against the Rams team without Matthew Stafford. Puka and Cooper Cup combined for just six catches between the two of them. The Steelers favored by three and a half here. Total is 38. RJ. Are we getting lost in the, well, the Steelers always seem to find a way because that's kind of what they seem to do. If the Steelers always seem to find a way, the Packers seem to always not find a way. I know they won last week, but they did not look good. They had a 5.8 yards per play, but I'm not buying it. It was just a great day by their defense versus a very bad backup quarterback, so bad that he got Carson Wentz a job. Carson Wentz just signed with the Rams. Um, today. And so he'll be backing on Matthew Stafford moving forward. I think they've seen enough of Brett Rippon at this point. I think even Pittsburgh's offense is better than the Brett Rippon led attack that we saw last week. You know, they started to get a few things going the, last week with the run game against a very good Tennessee rush defense. And, uh, and they really only had working to one receiver in Deontay Johnson. Um, we'll see if they can get George Pickens involved as more of a decoy going downfield. I honestly want to fade both these teams. I don't really believe in either of them <laughs> offensively. So in that situation, you should take the points. But I think the line should be minus four because I give Pittsburgh a very good home field advantage, just like I give Green Bay a very good home field advantage. Um, and so I think this line should probably be four because I think Pittsburgh is a slightly better than the Packers and then I give them three or three and a half for home field. Rick says, I come here for the picks, but I stay for R.J. White's dry sense of humor. Rick, so do we. So do we. So, Meister, let me come over to you because that hook in a game involving the Steelers is always seems to come into play your thoughts traditionally you want to back mike tomlin when he's getting points or laying less than a field goal but i agree with rj to me it's steelers or pass this packers offense was even bad against the rams and i'm not convinced that jordan love or uh, matt lafleur has really figured anything out now you go to pittsburgh which they had extra rest which they played well and held on against tennessee and they got the running game going which was shocking to see because Najee harris had been so inefficient most of the season but he broke some really key runs for the steelers I think the Steelers are the play here, and I just have no confidence because the Packers beating a Rams team without Matthew Stafford. The Rams without Matthew Stafford are arguably the worst team in football. I don't know how many people would argue with you on that. I think they are. Carson, <laughs> Carson Wentz is showing up. All right, speaking of Will Levis, speaking of the Titans, they are in our next game, and they announced today, right before we started the show, that Will Levis will be the starting quarterback moving forward for Tennessee. They're currently at 3-5. and five. The Bucks, boy, did they blow one on Sunday. They score with 46 seconds to go. Everybody's celebrating. And then what happens? They forget to play defense, and they just go right down the field, the Texans, and beat them with, what, six seconds to go in the game? It was incredible. But this week, the Bucs are favored by one over the Titans. Total 38. RJ, let me come back to you. You're attacking not a side, but you like a total in this one. What is it? Yes, this this open at 38 and a half. It came down to 38. I don't understand why. I think both these teams are playing better offensively than defensively right now. Will Levis was solid against Pittsburgh. It was a tough spot. It was on the road. It was his first road start. It was a short week of prep and he came out and had them competitive in that game. I know they only scored 16 points, but but it's not like he fell all over his face like about half a dozen quarterbacks in this league that we saw last week. 
Bucks defense, just embarrassed. Now 31st in yards per pass, 31st on third down. Tennessee's defense is worse versus the pass than the run. And Tampa Bay's pass offense coming off a pretty good day, so I don't understand why this total is as low as it is. Tampa Bay has allowed 20-plus points in three of their last four games. The outlier there was that Atlanta game, where Atlanta fumbled three times inside the 10-yard line and lost the ball three times inside the 10-yard line. Should have scored a mountain of points there, did not get did not get it. So I, I consider that as another bad day for the Tampa Bay defense. Tennessee has allowed 20-plus in four straight, including to that pedestrian Pittsburgh offense that we were just talking about last week. So I think this game gets to 40 pretty pretty simply. You just do the math there. Um, I don't know why this total is coming down. I have a best bet over 38 points. Makes a whole heck of a lot of sense, especially, Maestro, when you have a Titans team, you really don't know what to expect yet, although we do like Levis. And then the Bucks. some weeks they play great and score a lot of points like against the Texans. Other weeks they score, what, six against the Lions. We don't know what their offense is going to do. Your thoughts? I don't know what they did over their bye week because they were three and one. They got the bye and they've lost four straight since. The defense has collapsed, especially at the back end when Jamel Dean went out. Uh, they got scored on, I believe, five of the next six drives. So they are very weak on the back end. And Will Levis, I agree with RJ. That was very impressive because most of the quarterbacks who go into Pittsburgh will make the big mistake, but he did not. He had them in position to win that game late. He was able to avoid the mistakes. He made some great throws. It, it's unfortunate that Burks will not be available, it doesn't look like, uh, for this matchup. But I still think they have enough weapons. For me, it's going to be Tennessee or nothing. All right, Tennessee or nothing for the maestro. But you asked the question, or I'm going to ask it for you. Where are you going to make all these bets? Well, hundreds of you, hundreds of you. BetMGM is so, so happy because you followed us, and now it's time to really get to work. But still many of you have not. So new BetMGM customers can sign up today and get $200 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $10, and you will receive $200 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome with bonus code EDGE200. Last night, we all played together. Jokic over one and a half threes. We all won together. We're going to... We're working on stuff to do more of that. So just be patient, but we're going to get there. But thank you for signing up with BetMGM. All right, gentlemen, the next 1 o'clock Eastern game. And you talk about rubber meets the road. 49ers have lost three straight. The Jags have really started to hit their stride. A powerful first-place team in their division. So now, explain this to me, RJ. The 49ers are favored by three traveling cross country i want to bet my mortgage today tell me why i'm not going to well if jacksonville is better than average they likely have the value on this number i'm not worried about the cross country travel coming off a buy for san francisco san francisco needed that buy to get healthy they are second in yards for play they are first in yards for pass which i think would shock a lot of people that they're the best most efficient passing offense in the league um so i said if jacksonville is better than average they likely have value on this number let's look at their yards per play on offense they are 19th on defense they are 18th maybe they are just an average team and all the power ratings myself included have it wrong putting them as a positive team they are on a five-game win streak the only impressive win there was against Buffalo. Buffalo dealt with a lot of injuries in that game. Josh Allen banged up on his shoulder, and then all those defensive injuries started piling up in that game for Buffalo. Jacksonville's defense, 31st in sack rate. Even if Trent Williams is out, which we think he'll be back coming out of the bye, the pressure is not guaranteed for this team. The market is hopefully going to back Jacksonville at three and be on your side. See, We'll see a very good team here. If they are more the average team, I want to play San Francisco once the line drops a little more. So I'm, I'm hoping to get it. San Francisco minus two, minus one and a half, somewhere around there. Nicholas said this is like a playoff game for the Niners. And when you look at the records, Maestro, they're five and three. Yes, they're still tied for first place with Seattle. But if they lose four in a row, the way they're playing, they've been having to play without Debo. Chris McCaffrey's getting more attention. He's still being productive. This does seem like an extremely important game for San Francisco. They're not going to lose this game, I don't think, Coach. I love the Niners. If you can get less than three, I want to. I, I was too late on this one because there were some early two-and-a-halves out there, but I think over the course of the week, if we get some Jags money, we can get a two-and-a-half on the Niners. Debo Samuel is back. Trent Williams did not practice yesterday, but he has three more chances, and there is some optimism that he will go. And if you remember, he got hurt in that loss to the Browns. He played through it. He wasn't healthy on that ankle, and they haven't won without 
without him. That's how important he is. But if you look back at the losses, the Browns game, they had a chance to win on a last-second field goal. The Vikings game, they actually outplayed the Vikings uh, in a lot of metrics. There were a couple very fluky plays that went against them. And then the Bengals that we know are a very good team beat a depleted 49ers roster. This is going to be a healthier 49ers roster, a major challenge for the Jags who, like RJ pointed out, have not really beaten a bunch of heavyweights during their five-game win streak. I definitely want the 49ers under a field goal. And also, I don't think it's ever too early to look at the seeding. And now there's only one team that gets a bye. In the AFC, there's no team that has a better record than two losses. And Jacksonville is one of those teams. So they need this win to continue their quest, potentially, for a number one seed, which is so, so important. All right. The final 1 o'clock Eastern game on Sunday is a battle in the AFC North. I am looking forward to this one. Will the real Cleveland Browns please stand up? Because you're going to be needed this week. Baltimore is now starting to flex their muscles. Lamar Jackson is showing everybody why he deserved every single dime that he got. So the Ravens, after they just laid out Seattle, favored by six, total 37 and a half. Maestro, how about we start with you on this one? Explain to me why the Ravens don't win by at least seven. I can't because I think they will. I mean, the Browns are missing uh, now. They're both starting tackles. They suffered that injury in the win over Arizona. The offense was not impressive despite the final score. Now you take on a Ravens team that has destroyed the Lions, destroyed the Seahawks, completely dominated them. They have the number one defense and arguably one of the top three or five offenses in the league. So I don't think there's any reason to jump off the Ravens bandwagon. And I think we could see this get all the way to seven. I think so, too, because RJ right now, it doesn't matter who the Ravens are playing. They are systematically picking them apart. It seems like the receivers are always open. And I think their defense is a little bit better than what we're giving them credit for. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, and Baltimore's defense, not only first in yards per play, also first in yards per pass. Very good. So the one thing you want to attack them is running the ball. And, and you would think maybe the Cleveland can do that. That's their identity. Of course, they have some backup running backs now. Now they've lost their left tackle in addition to their right tackle. I don't know how effective they're going to be there. Their offense was not great in the win, like Larry said, 4.6 yards per play. The run game struggled in that game, despite having you know everything going in their favor. So both teams coming off dominant wins. One was against Seattle, like you mentioned. The other was against Clayton Toon, which, which sounds like a Roger Rabbit character character more than it does an NFL quarterback. Um, so I don't know that you really count that as, as being a dominant win. I don't care what the score was. Baltimore scored 28 on Cleveland in the first meeting. And their versatile offense is tough to stop. We did see Cleveland before that game against Clayton Toon gave up over, I believe, six yards per play to two different teams, uh, teams like Indy. And I can't remember. I think it was Seattle was the other one. Just not playing very well. I think I'm generous rating Cleveland at zero. Just projecting a little bit more improvement from Deshaun Watson, ranking them, rating them as a bang average team, I think it is giving them a little bit too much credit. And even rating them as a bang average team, I have them at this line at minus seven and a half because Baltimore is so good. So I do think this line grows. Got it five and a half on the site, would still play it at six. We'll see how high it gets, but you want to be in on this line early because everyone should be on Baltimore. Yeah, a reminder, Baltimore seven and two, all three of the rest of the teams, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Bengals are five and three paramount importance the next couple of weeks in that division all right we've got six more games to get to the four o'clock eastern game sunday night football and also monday night football but you know my guys are expensive i gotta pay those pesky little bills here's another word from one of our partners this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I am so into soccer right now as we speak, Serie A. 
and the Champions League all over Paramount. Plus, absolutely love the football outside of the United States. But this is the early edge. This is our Week 10 NFL Mega Preview for football here in the state. So, gentlemen, 405 Eastern on Sunday, Falcons and the Cardinals. And we talked about it on Sunday's show that the Cardinals are done. They shipped Josh Dobbs out. What did they have left? Well, they got blown out, blanked by the Browns. And this week, the Falcons are only favored by a point and a half in Arizona. Sign me up for Atlanta, RJ. Do you agree? I don't know. I don't think we can play this till we know who's at quarterback for Arizona. Um, if it's Clayton Toon again, you can't play the Cardinals for any any measure of uh, number here. But I think the market is telling you it's going to be Kyler Murray at one and a half. And with Kyler Murray, I think you have a good chance to win this game. Um, Atlanta should be embarrassed after losing to a quarterback with no preparation. There, Arthur Smith seems to be making the lowest upside decisions constantly that he can, <laughs> just so he can feel smug about it in the press conference afterward. Um, but that offense is 16th in yards per play, average or better in most stats. They're 25th in points per game they are struggling to get the ball in the end zone um by you know doing all their trick plays to johnny smith and Kadero hodge and and not giving it to guys like um, kyle pitts and Bijan robinson their defense is fifth in yards per play though but um kyler murray would be the top three quarterback that they faced they got beat up by detroit they got beat up by jacksonville and then other than that they've played a lot of bad quarterbacks so i think kyler could come in even if he's not 100 in this game even if he's still knocking the rust off and win this game against a, a, an atlanta defense that is a little bit more over rated than, than the numbers would suggest because the Arizona defense is playing well. They did play well in that Cleveland game despite the final score. They can limit this offense on the road to help get them the win. So I would lean to Arizona, but that's thinking Kyler's going to play. So if you see the indication that he's cleared and he looks good to go, get on Arizona before the line moves. That's really, really good advice. And Maestros, we come to you. It is such a weird deal when Atlanta was very much in the race for the division, and now they're playing poorly. RJ just laid it out. Now you got to go all the way to Arizona, and you're coming off that. How does Atlanta get back off the floor and face a team that they know they should beat, but maybe they can't? Hand the ball to Bijan Robinson. I mean, you drafted him in the top 10. You only give him 11 carries. You get down into the red zone, and he's an afterthought. It's really inexplicable how they blew that game. But they're, they're still in a great position to win this terrible division because they can easily go in there, especially if it's Clayton Toon. But even if it's Kyler Murray in his first game back after being out so long with a, not a great roster around him, the Falcons still deserve to be favored, I think, even if it is Kyler Murray. I think the Falcons will get it done as hard as it is to watch them and as bad as the decisions have been. Uh, they're definitely the superior team on both sides, uh, so I would take Atlanta here. All right, so Atlanta and then a lot of good information from RJ on the Cardinals as well. So you want to pay attention to that game as the week progresses to see kind of what the feeling is coming out of Arizona. This next game is going to take place 45 miles from where I'm sitting right now. And it's very, very important for both teams. The Lions, a clear first-place team in the NFC North. They've been playing good coming off a of bye week. The Chargers scored 30, beating the Bears. Last night, just took apart the Jets and just was like, hey, we'll get out of our own way and let the Jets make all, all, all the, the bad moves. And it was an awful, awful, awful performance for the Jets. But the Lions are favored by two and a half. Maestro, I'm going to come to you because you got this. And this is why we always talk about look-ahead lines, even a point better. Talk to me. Interesting to see this move up from Lions minus one and a half to Lions minus two and a half, despite the fact that the Chargers go into the Meadowlands and beat the Jets by three touchdowns, a team that was over 500, and still the market is moving against the Chargers. And I agree with the market move because the Chargers offense looked terrible last night. Again, it was against a great Jets defense. But since Mike Williams got hurt and since Justin Herbert uh, injured his non-throwing hand, that offense has not been the same. Now, you might say, well, the defense has gotten a lot better and they had eight sacks last night but that was against a terrible Jets offensive line and a quarterback who has no sense of pressure cannot feel any of the pressure coming and I don't think that will be the case with Jared Goff and this Lions team except for that one terrible performance at Baltimore which now we see how great Baltimore is I think the Lions are definitely the play Jeff Hockman one of our experts at Sportsline texted me right before the show and he said you got to mention that the Chargers defense was on the field for 77 plays now it was 77 plays run by Zach Wilson but still it was 77 plays and the Lions had the bye week against the team on a short week uh it's just a great scheduling spot for Detroit 
It really, really is. They still had to come off the line. They still were going 100% for all 77 plays, even if it was Zach Wilson. I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback with a less lack of whatever you called it right there, understanding what's around him than Zach. He had one play where he like did the shovel pass, and if he would have ran to the left, he would have had 15 yards in the first down. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But at least we get them on Sunday Night Football again this week. That'll be good. We'll get to that game in a second. But let me come over to you, RJ, because it does feel like the momentum that the Lions have right now is is really, really cool, especially for Detroit. This seems like a great spot. If you have to go on the road, this would be where I'd want to go right now against a good team. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, Detroit, the last time we saw them, they were dominating a bad team uh, on prime time. Then they got to go into the bye. I forgot about them a little bit. I was surprised this number was one and a half to start. Also got on at one and a half. I think the line should be three. Detroit likely to be healthier coming off a of bye, especially on the offensive line. We're dealing with a few injuries there before the bye. And that Chargers team, you know, they say they beat the Jets. The Jets beat the Jets. The Chargers kind of just stood around and watched the Jets beat themselves. <laughs> they get it. did get an 80-plus yard punt return touchdown, um, so that helped them out. They had the Jets uh, fumble the ball away three times, but the Chargers really had didn't do nothing on offense, 3.4 yards per play. And Detroit defense, as we know, is solid across the board as well as the Jets. Um, so I think with the matchup here, the Chargers defense now ranking 30th in yards per pass, all the way up to 30th after shutting down the Zach Wilson attack. Um, Detroit's offense being eighth, this could be a field day for Goff in this matchup. Detroit also has the coaching advantage. As we know, we're not a big fan of the, the Chargers coaching decisions all the time. And we know Detroit has a great coaching staff. Chargers also have little home field advantage. There's no reason this line shouldn't be three. So if you can only get two and a half, play the two and a half. Um, should have been on it earlier, but I think this line definitely deserves to be three. All right. Well, this is clearly going to be the best game of the four o'clock games because the two at 425, eh, I mean, Seattle might not be bad, but in Dallas, oh, it ain't going to be good. The Giants, and they lose their $40 million a year man, Daniel Jones, who tore his ACL. The guy cannot catch a break. This team cannot catch a break. So now they go to a Dallas team that came two yards short of knocking off Philadelphia, and it would have been an unbelievable comeback win. But alas, Dallas couldn't get the job done. But, guys, they're favored by 16.5, the total 38.5. Larry, let's come to you first. When you have a spread this big, normally in the NFL, it's either a stay away or you play the dog. But in this instance, I don't know if I can do that. Your thoughts? No way can you play Tommy DeVito getting less than 21 points, in my opinion. And the Cowboys love to pummel bad teams at home. That's what they do. That's their mojo. They played a great game in Philadelphia. They basically played the Eagles toe-to-toe, came down to a player or two. Uh, so that was a good performance that they can build on. But I would curious if RJ has any opinions on Survivor. Is there any other team that's going to be taken – to the highest percentage like the Cowboys this week. This could set a record for Survivor, assuming that people have them still alive in their pools. RJ? It depends. It depends on the format. If you're in a 20-week format, you have to worry about Thanksgiving and you have to worry about saving the Cowboys to play Washington there unless you're very confident. You still have Detroit and you're very confident in Detroit against Green Bay. So there's going to be a lot of people that have been waiting to use Dallas until that week. And um, and then if you feel like you want to go to Detroit, then you can pivot to use Dallas a, a, you know, a few weeks later um, and any of these other times in the slate. So um, if you're in an 18-week format, like a lot of these formats when you're only picking one game every week everybody's going to be on dallas here even the people that were saving them to use in that thanksgiving week because there's not a lot of great matchups on that sunday monday during that week so um you know you might just been saving them anyway but i think burn them here and and everybody's going to be on them i don't see any way they lose this game i think they should have covered last week against philly outgained them 406 yards to 292 surprised they did not take the lead in the fourth quarter there giants offense just has no hope with devito you know going back and looking the stats there they actually let him throw it a little bit and he wasn't that bad 15 of 20, you know, his first three passes, one he completed, two were interceptions. And after that, he was okay. Um, so we'll see if they let him go or if it's Matt Barkley starting. They just signed Jacob Eason to the practice squad. He's obviously not going to play now, but that'll be interesting to see if they believe he deserves a shot down the road. Um, Dallas's defense held a good Philly offense to 4.9 yards per play. They should dominate this defense. This line is minus 16 and a half. You might make it Dallas's defense minus 16 and a half versus the Giants offense, and you might still win that bet because Dallas could score two, three times on a uh, on defense slash special teams in this game. So I think their defense is going to score some points here, help them cover this game. I would make this line 17 and a half. I cannot remember the last time I heard the name Matt Barkley said <laughs> on a sports show. My 
goodness. That's how far down we've come. No offense, Matt. But one one you know. one more note too. Um, I, I can't remember how far back you go, but um, you look at one team outscoring another team in one season. The record is eighty points. Um, I can't remember which team did it tw- twice against one team. I think it was Philly against Arizona, one of those years in the NFC East. And then the second place was New England that 07 year. They beat Buffalo, you know, handily two games plus seventy seven. We know Dallas beat the Giants forty to nothing the first time around. They can if they can equal that this time, they match the record. And if they do better. Best best season ever for one team against another. You know, best two game stretch there. So, you, if it turns into a blowout, that'll be something to watch. Do they chase their record and, and beat that record there? That would be very very fascinating. I don't know if Mike McCarthy's that type of a coach to do that or not, but it should be fun to find out. Let's see. Let's see. Because if that happened, then laying the sixteen and a half would be easy for us. Because that's kind of where I'm leaning. All right, the last 425 Eastern game on Sunday. Now, the Commanders have shown us at times they played the Eagles all the way to the end twice already. And then last week they beat New England in New England late with that late interception. But the Seahawks, they go on the road. They give up 37. They score only three. They are licking their wounds. They're tied for first place in the NFC West. Six and a half is the number. And the total is 45 and a half. No best bets yet on this game. But, RJ, I'll come right back to you. Seattle's been terrific at home. But this commander's team this year has shown that at times they can play with anybody. Yeah, I'm very high on Seattle. I talk them up every week. I've been disappointed in their showing the last few weeks. Um, There's defense struggling down to 13th in yards per play. They were pretty high in that metric. Washington's offense coming together. Another strong game versus New England. 5.6 yards per play. Only three sacks. Three, you know, kind of a little, a a lot, you know, a little bit of a high number. But they were getting sacked five, six, seven times a game. Um, So I think the changes they made on the offensive line is helping uh, because Sam Howell really isn't getting the ball out that much quicker. Um, But they're able to, whatever they're doing is working. They're able to score some points here the run offense that Washington has is going to be nothing like facing Baltimore which Seattle struggled with I don't know if Seattle's gonna be able to stop the pass here um their offense also off an awful game um Geno's confidence may be shaken coming out of that game it, it looks nothing like the quarterback that I was highly confident in coming into the season because of his body of work in the first 12 games of last season um and he actually had some flashes early in the year that looks gone right now it feels like a good bounce back against an awful Washington defense that traded away its top two pass rushers but like I said last week they were an awful pass defense before that trade they're still an awful pass defense you should not be adjusting them because of that trade um so if they don't get conservative here um they could score some points but you worry maybe pre carroll does get conservative coming off an ugly loss and um and and they struggle to cover this number seattle scored 24 points or less in their last five washington scored 20 plus in five of their last six I know this line is growing. I want to be on the Washington side of it even though I've been the biggest Seattle fan all year I think the play here is Washington plus six and a half I'm right there with you because it seems like, Larry, whenever we count Washington out, and I've done it two times against the Eagles, they come out and play well. Last week, we're all on the commanders, and they did exactly what we thought they were going to do. Excuse me, and that is win in New England. Are you also joining me and RJ kind of leaning towards the Washington side? Ron Rivera does typically step up against the better competition. We've seen it when they were big dogs to the Eagles both times, even though they didn't cover the second game. They basically outplayed them for most of the game. And then again, they were three and a half at New England getting over a field goal, and they win that game outright. And I do worry about Pete Carroll loving to kick those 21-yard field goals, loving to punt from the 45 instead of you know going for the going for the throat and going for the big win and getting the extra touchdown. So I do worry about that, but I think it's an excellent bounce back spot for Geno Smith. You know, that Baltimore defense, there is no room to breathe against them. And this is a terrible commander's defense. RJ, they lost their top pass rusher who led the team in pressures, Chase Young, and also their top run stopper in sweat. So this is a Seahawks offense that to me should explode. Uh, So I'm really torn on this game, as you can tell. All right. Well, good. And we'll discuss this at noon on Sunday because it's going to be a fascinating one for all of those late afternoon betters. All right. So Sunday night football. Oh, hello. Hallelujah. What do we get? Well, we get one team that absolutely stinks, but somehow the Jets are favored by one and a half in Las Vegas. I watched the Raiders the entire game last week. They played inspired football, but they played tough football. They played good defense and their offense looked very, very adequate how are the jets rj favored against the raiders on the road sunday night 
They shouldn't be. I mean, they're they're considered a better team. They were four and three going into that game, and uh, and we saw what happened there. It's a complete one eighty for Vegas. I'm sure on this show last week, I probably talked about fading the Raiders and having no confidence in Josh McDaniel's offense right now. And then they fire him, and the team completely buys in. They're having fun. It's fun to be a Raider now, and it was not fun to be a Raider seven days ago at this time. Offense five point seven yards per play. The run game was still mediocre. Aiden O'Connell didn't have to do a ton in that game um, because of the the Daniel Jones injury. It was much like. Like, you know, the Chargers game. You didn't ask the Chargers to do much in that game because the Jets fell all over themselves. The Vegas defense had a solid start um, a- a- against Jones. I believe he was 4-9 for 25 yards during the game. And then facing DeVito was a gift there. The Jets offense, horrendous in an easy matchup. Cannot expect any anything from them. They cannot pass the ball. They are 32nd on third down. They're 32nd in red zone. They just don't do anything well except sometimes run the ball a little bit. So maybe their defense can, co- can carry the team in this matchup. I think those defensive stats are skewed a little bit by facing DeVito, and I believe that this team is a little bit more average. They should not be favored on the road against anybody, frankly. Uh, not against a punchy team now that that is enjoying life and able to score some points um, with some pretty good playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. So I would lean to the Raiders here, plus one and a half. If you want to throw them into teasers at that number, that's fine. I think this line's only going to come down from here. In addition to everything that RJ just said, I watched that locker room, Larry, after the game, smoking cigars, Antonio Pierce, who I worked with for years at ESPN, instantly. Now, this may not continue for the rest of the season, but at least for one week, you saw an entire locker room buying in. We haven't seen that the entire year. Will we see it two weeks in a row? Not sure, because Josh McDaniels was definitely disliked intensely, and there was a breath of fresh air to get Antonio Pierce in there, and it was a completely different Raiders attitude around the team. But we saw this last year with Jeff Saturday. He came in, there was that initial jolt, and then it died out. And that's what I'm worried about with the Raiders here. The Jets' defense is so good. They can cause some pretty big mistakes that will hopefully enable Zach Wilson to maybe lead one touchdown drive. You know, one touchdown drive, four field goals could be enough for the Jets here. I don't expect the Raiders offense to have the same success because, you know, they knew the Giants weren't doing anything all game. So it was just a pretty pressure free environment that they played in the entire game. The Jets were down seven nothing early because of the punt return. So it was a kind of a pressured environment for the Jets offense. I think that switches here. I'll play the Jets. Yeah, Edwin in the chat says, I love the Raiders here. Edwin, I think we all are on the same page. Now, let's get to Monday night. Because this one, there's going to be a lot of the haters, the negative Nellies out there. Oh, it's a mismatch. Hold the phone for a second. Bills favored by 7.5. 47 is the total. They are in a must-win situation. There is no doubt about it. So, RJ, I'm going to start with you because this is the other half of your teaser as well. The total sitting at 47. But more than just a bet, your Bills need to have a good performance and a W. Yeah, I've been moving them down in my power ratings. I have them eighth now behind the Cowboys, Dolphins, Bengals, Ravens, and the top teams, you know, at the top. So I, I'm very down on this team right now. I'm down on the defense. The offense is not being able to get things going consistently. Um, it took them till late to uh, get that final score to, to get a respectable number against the Bengals. But it feels like even with the adjustment that I made there, adjusting Denver up a little bit coming out of the bye with two weeks to prep, I still think this line probably is right at seven and a half or eight. Defense dominated. The, the Buffalo defense got dominated in the first quarter. The offense disappeared in the middle of the game. But Denver's defense, 32nd in yards per play, even though they did hold three straight opponents under 20 points. Now, two of those were Kansas City, and both of those had some extenuating circumstances. First, the weather on that Thursday night game, and second, you know, Patrick Mahomes being sick. That offense was not in, in sync at all. Um, Denver offense is second in yards per rush where Buffalo's defense is 30th. So there is a path for Denver's offense to have success if the defense can keep them in the game. Uh, I'm worried about the Bills covering a big number here, but I do think they're going to win the game. So I'm teasing them down to minus one and a half, putting them with Minnesota as part of my teaser. If you are a brand new NFL better or better in general, we love to educate and entertain here. Such a smart way. If you don't know what a teaser is, basically he's bringing it six points down to where it's now one and a half. Instead of at seven and a half, now all they have to do is win by two. And the other one has to hit as well. Just a little education there. So, Maestro, let me come to you because I'm kind of looking here at the total. And normally with Buffalo in years past, they've been an automatic over team. But with the way the Broncos play, maybe the unders the play this week. 
Yeah, the unders on Monday Night Football are 10-1 and one now, so that could be a way to look for sure. And this is a similar number to what the Bills were laying against Tampa Bay in a primetime spot, completely dominated the game, didn't get the cover. I worry about that with RJ. They're de- I think they're for sure going to win this game, but laying over a touchdown is just hard to do. They actually got conservative in that game against the Bucks and didn't go for adding on extra points and let the Bucks come in and get the backdoor cover. The Broncos defense has gotten better. The Bills defense remains in shambles ever since they lost Matt Milano. They just have not been the same. And so, yeah, I think Buffalo in a teaser makes a lot of sense. It certainly does. And that's how you do it in less than an hour, ladies and gentlemen. You break down every single game on the NFL squad. But if you came in late, our best bets look a little something like this. I'll have my own guys go through their own bets, and tell you exactly why they like them. RJ, we'll start with you. Got the Bengals minus six and a half. The look ahead was seven and a half. I still believe they are one of the best teams in the league in Houston. A little bit overrated coming off of an incredible performance by CJ Stroud. I have the Titans Buccaneers game going over 38 and over 38 points. It came down from 30 and a half. I don't understand why. I think both these offenses are better than the defenses in a better spot right now. So I think they're each team's going to get to 20 in that game. I have a teaser. The Vikings going plus eight and a half and the Bills down to minus one and a half. Vikings, I expect them to be competitive with Josh Dobbs at, at quarterback and the Saints are a very overrated team after that ugly win over the Bengals and the Bills. I'm not confident in them covering a big number. I do think they're going to win the game. So teasing them down to minus one and a half makes sense for me. And quickly, can you explain why it's so important or why we like to do teasers on the half a number and not the full number? Yeah, um, so if you're teasing a half number, some books are going to mark it as a loss. If it comes out as a push, some books are going to just refund your money and and nobody likes just getting their money back. They want to win a bet. Um, So if you can get the half number, that's great. You can also play these. If you have whole numbers, you can play them as six and a half point teasers. You are playing a little more juice. And we've seen a lot of books raise the juice in some of these teasers already. So you're kind of getting into a little bit of no man's land as you pull the juice up on some of these teasers. So I would keep it at six and try to find these situations where it makes sense to play a six-point teaser rather than do that. Yeah, There's so many different ways to it, Bet MGM. We love having them as our partners as well. Thank you, RJ, for that explanation. All right, Maestro, coming over to you. Your two best bets are? The Bears laying the points on Thursday night football against the Carolina Panthers, who won't have their best pass rusher, won't have a starting corner, won't have a starting safety. Justin Fields practicing on a limited basis could be back, and that Panthers offense just looks broken right now, under four yards per play the past two weeks. And then the Lions, the ultimate scheduling spot off of a bye, playing a Chargers team that had their defense on the field for 77 snaps on Monday night football, a short week against the Jets. The Lions should be totally healthy for this one a great rest advantage i'll play detroit and lay the small number love it all we are here every single week ladies and gentlemen at 4 p.m eastern time our nfl coverage also includes thursday night 7 30 sunday night 7 30 monday night 7 30 and also sunday at noon eastern time the easiest way to do it just subscribe to our youtube channel turn on your notifications every single time a show starts you'll be notified so you don't miss one single second of our incredible content But with all that being said, you guys know the drill. There's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these tickets straight to the pay window. My entire crew, love all the stoic one, R.J. White, the maestro, Larry Harstein, and the snake always behind the scenes on the ones and the twos. I am simply the coach trying to keep this train on said track. We grind for you every day so we can win with you. It's what we're all about right here at the Early Edge. Good luck. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+.